This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 7.35 Monday, the 20th of February. And of course, you're listening to The Morning Run with Philip C. Chong Jensen and I'm Wong Xiaoning. And now, as usual, after the 8 a.m. News Bulletin, we have the Breakfast Grill. And this time, Jensen, who are you putting in the hot seat? In the hot seat is Sim Tiang Liang, and he's CEO of Kim Lun Berhad. So Kim Lun is a mid-sized Malaysian contractor. Market cap is just under $300 million. They've always had a niche in private sector jobs, largely in Johor. But they've been winning a lot of jobs in Sarawak. I think the more recent one was the Sabah Sarawak Link Road, worth about $800 million. So the real differentiating factor with Kim Lun and other contractors is they have a higher margin precast division, which manufactures precast concrete products for the Malaysian as well as the Singapore. Market, So they have done about 60% market share of the tunnel lining segment and the segmental box girders for MRT Line 1 and Line 2. And hopefully at the, on Friday at the budget in 2023, they will probably have a bit more clarity on what will happen to MRT 3. Well, the share price hasn't really gone anywhere. It's kind of flat at the moment on a year-to-date basis. So I'm sure you're going to find out what kind of earnings profile they're going to have in the future, right? So do tune in. That's going to be happening after the 8 a.m. news bulletin. In the meantime, we turn our attention to what's happening between the US and China because US Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi met on the sidelines of the Munich Security Conference over the weekend. This is the first face-to-face encounter since the surveillance balloon incident earlier this month torpedoed Blinken's planned visit to Beijing. Nice pun there. Or deflated. Deflated, I think it's a better word, but nevertheless. However, neither sides appeared to signal a thawing of tensions. Blinken criticised China for what it called the irresponsible balloon incursion and also warned Beijing against providing military aid to Russia. Wang Yi described the US decision to shoot down the dis- to shoot down the balloon as almost hysterical and criticised the US for its export ban on US chips to China. The recent developments have derailed an anticipated reset in relations following President Biden and President Xi Jinping's meeting in Bali last November during the Asian summit. President Biden has said he will speak to Xi to clear up the balloon matter, although no details have been given as to when. So what does this mean for US-China tensions moving forward and how will the rest of the world navigate their already rocky relations? Joining us on the line for analysis is Dr. Pradeep Taneja, Senior Lecturer for Asian Studies at the University of Melbourne. Good morning, Pradeep. Always good to speak to you. Now, the top diplomatic envoys of US and China met face-to-face in Munich over the weekend. Now, what kind of signals can we glean from their encounter in terms of how both sides intend to move forward in this bilateral relationship? Good morning, all. Um, But this was a significant meeting because, remember, um, Secretary, uh, American uh, Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, was supposed to meet uh, with his Chinese counterparts a couple of weeks ago in Beijing. And there was also a likelihood that he might also meet Xi Jinping. But that visit was cancelled because of that balloon controversy, and particularly after the Americans decided to shoot it down. Uh, so it's interesting that this meeting has gone ahead in, in Munich rather than in Beijing. The, as far as the two sides, you know, perspectives on this meeting is concerned, I think both sides agree that their relationship with each other is important. It's absolutely important that their relationship with, for example, for China, the relationship with the U.S., is perhaps the most important bilateral relationship. And I think the same can be said about the United States, that it considers its relationship with China to be very important. 
and therefore dialogue between the two is very important. But I think that's where the consensus ends. So they agree that this is an important relationship, but how do you take it forward is where I think there are big differences emerging. Americans have made it very clear that this relationship is going to be a mixture of cooperation where we can, but also strategic competition with China. China says that this is a Cold War thinking that you know we should have win-win cooperation. And this is a standard phrase that the Chinese diplomats have used for a long time, that America and China should get along and, and try and work towards you know, world peace. But at the same time, China's actions, of course, speak louder than words. China has been engaging in very large-scale military modernization, changes of situation on the ground in the South China Sea, their support for Russia, if indirect, if not direct support for Russia in the Ukraine war. And all of these factors combined uh, have you know, persuaded the American administration that they need to take a tougher line on China. How have other countries responded to this crisis? I mean, notably, some have men- said that Chinese balloons have been trekking across their respective airspace. I mean, Japan and Taiwan have done that. But Southeast Asia and Europe have been relatively silent on this issue. What does it say, right, that silence? Well, I think uh, uh, Americans say that they have already informed more than 40 countries that Chinese balloons have been flying over their territory that this you know, balloon program is not something one-off. This is a systematic program being pursued by the Chinese military and that they have informed you know, all their friends and allies and other countries which are, have been subjected to surveillance by Chinese balloons. But obviously different countries take a different you know, view on whether to challenge China on this. There are many countries, as, um, as you, I think you said, in Southeast Asia, who have decided not to raise it with the Chinese authorities or perhaps not raise it publicly. Maybe they will raise it you know, privately with the Chinese authorities. But at the same time, there are also countries in the region who simply do not have the capacity to detect you know, these balloons or to do anything about them. So the response of individual countries, I think, depends on their, their perception of their relationship with China and, of course, their capabilities to respond. And Dr. Pradeep, how do you see the present state of U.S.-China tensions affecting dealings over Taiwan? A top Pentagon official recently visited Taipei, followed by secret special channel meetings this week between the Taiwanese foreign minister and the White House. Yes, I think the relationship over over the Taiwan question uh, between the U.S. and China is not likely to improve anytime soon. Uh, you probably noticed when... Uh, when State Councillor Wang Yi was addressing the Munich Security Conference, he was asked about Taiwan, and he said let, he was asked whether he would give assurance that China would not, you know, take any military action against Taiwan. And he said, "I can assure you that Taiwan has never been an independent country. It will never. It it is not an independent country, and it will never be an independent country, or something along those lines." Americans on the on their part have have really ratcheted up their own direct engagement with Taiwan, and you pointed out, you know, the so-called secret, you know, channel between Taiwan and the United States, and we believe that uh, a Taiwanese delegation is already in America for for negotiations with the Americans, and this is particularly 
the negotiations on defense and strategic ties between Taiwan and, and the United States. And China, of course, strongly objects to these you know, connections. And particularly, we saw in August last year when Nancy Pelosi, the then Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, when she visited the Taiwan, China retaliated with days of you know, military exercises and firing of missiles along the coast of Taiwan. So the China's reaction is likely to be, you know, again, the same. Uh, United States on its part, it will, I think, continue to provide assistance to Taiwan. So this is a situation which is likely to worsen rather than improve, in my opinion. Okay, and over the weekend, the US also warned China about providing military assistance to Russia for the war in Ukraine. Now, generally, the Chinese have stayed out of the conflict while still maintaining ties with Russia. So what would be their rationale for changing position now? Well, the Secretary Blinken uh, said in an interview with American media, Meet the Press, in fact, he, after his meeting with uh, State Councillor Wang Yi, uh, he said that... Um, we believe that um, that China has been providing non-lethal support to Russia. The Chinese companies have been providing surveillance equipment uh, to the Russian military, and particularly to to some of the the non-state actors which have been involved in this conflict on behalf of Russia. And Americans, I think, believe that there is intelligence, or they they have intelligence, that China may be now moving to provide lethal assistance. And lethal assistance could mean anything from simple ammunition to more sophisticated weapons. And Americans are trying to warn the Chinese that this would have very negative consequences, not only for the situation in Europe, but also for the bilateral relationship between China and the United States. So the warning was very clear that America would, you know, would take a firm stand against China's, you know, you know, the willingness or to provide lethal military assistance to uh, to Russia. But uh, so far, we haven't seen any evidence of China providing you know, lethal weapon assistance to Russia. Mm. But Americans, of course, are clearly relying on their own intelligence. We have no way of knowing. And building on that, China also said it would unveil a proposal for peace negotiations between Russia and Ukraine in the coming days. What's your assessment of China as a mediator in the conflict? Yes, I mean, Wang Yi has said that um, China would be, uh, you know, coming up with a peace proposal. It could be part of uh, a concept paper that uh, China has said China would be releasing soon on global strategic initiative of President Xi Jinping. Uh, it could be part of that, but it could be a much more direct involvement by China or offering itself as a as a peace negotiator with between Ukraine and Russia. Uh, but China is unlikely to be seen by Ukraine or other countries in Europe as a neutral party in this conflict because China has taken a position which has been much more sympathetic to Russia than uh, you know than to ukraine in fact china has even refused to call it an invasion china is using the terminology used by the russian government and the russian military so china would not be seen as as a as a neutral party in this but i think china may be trying to burnish its credentials as a country that advocates for peace for international peace while it continues to intensify mm -hmm. its own 
military developments. Okay, all right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Dr. Pradeep Taneja, Senior Lecturer for the Asian Studies at the University of Melbourne. Uh, reminding us that there's no easy resolution to this and I think the tensions are pretty much here to stay. Although Biden is supposed to have a call with Xi Jinping uh, soon, but we don't really have the details on mm. that and whether that might improve relations, we will have to watch this space. Up next, what semiconductor players want to see in Budget 2023? Stay tuned for that. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, Download the BFM app.